And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Joystick Club. Joining me, as always, my friend, Chappie. How's it, how's it going? Awesome. How you doing today? Episode two. We got a lot to get into today. Uh, yeah. TI-6 took place here in Seattle, where we are currently located and always located. As always will be. Um, so we uh, jump right into TI-6. Now, uh, this is my second year. You uh, did not get to attend, but you watched pretty much every single match. So yeah, you were there I, in spirit. I really was. I actually uh, quite enjoyed getting a different view of the tournament this year. Yeah. And uh, for me, it was incredible. Again, we'll get into that as far as production and a little bit down the line. But let's talk about the gameplay. Let's talk about the matches that we saw. Wings, your champion, the Chinese-based team, taking home nine-some-odd million dollars between the five of them. And, Just uh, pocket change. Yep, going to have a good, uh, going to have a nice little bar. I'm sure they had a nice little bar tab for all those who were over 21 oh, yeah. uh, that night to celebrate here in Seattle. But let's talk about some of your highlights, some of your lowlights some of your impressions from TI6. So, Chappie, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. What are you, uh, impressions, takeaways, kind of hit us with it all. <laughs> First highlight, augmented reality heroes during selection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a joke, but it's also kind of true. I thought it was really cool. Um, I had my girlfriend watching with me, and it was really neat to have kind of user-friendly ways to get into it and putting them right out in front and seeing them so on and so forth. I thought it was really cool. Uh, but more importantly, or more seriously, I thought that the splitting up of the broadcast crews was a really great way of doing it this year. You had one broadcasting during hero selection, and that was their job, and one during in-game. And then um, we also had the uh, guy doing the, I can't remember his name now, doing the touchscreen post-game analysis, which is really what his strong point's always been anyway. So he was at the spot that he deserved to be in this year. So I thought that that kind of splitting of roles made for a really great broadcast and it made for a really great stream. Yeah. And um, for me, uh, being there in person and seeing some of the first matches on the first few days, like OG, the the team that everyone thought was going to win, the pretty much the favorite, the number one seed, as they would call it, uh, just being upset by MVP, one, uh, just winning the one match, but uh, MVP aggressive from the jump, winning games one and three, and really just steamrolling them as they tried to play a little bit passively. I think they thought they were going to breeze through MVP, and they actually got rolled, uh, dominated the two games that they beat uh, OG in. So it was really disappointing to see that. But then on the on the flip side, you saw a team like Wings in the first round beating DC with the crazy tactic in Game 2 of Techies and Pudge. Now, I'm not going to talk crap about Pudge. I love me and some And they Pudge. actually didn't win that particular game. They didn't win that particular <laughs> game. No, in fact, they actually but that was a highlight. had a really bad game that game in uh, Game 2. But in Game 1 and Game 3, uh, you could absolutely see how dominant Wings was. And you knew f- from that first day that they were going to be a force to reckon with the rest of the tournament. And they ended up running all the way uh, to the finals, not absolutely. even having to go down into the loser's bracket down there. Facing DC in the finals... Again, I believe, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a, a rematch of that first round matchup. And uh, yeah, just really great to see. Great competitive play. Got to take my boss here at 710. He uh, enjoyed the event. He enjoyed going and seeing the spectacle. Oh, really? Was that this is his TI6. First, his first TI6. First TI, first live esports? First live esports. And it was really cool kind of sit with sitting with him, watching him kind of take this all in, watching him digest uh, the production value. 
and the gameplay, the competitiveness, the crowd, the feeling, uh, just everything. The pr- and the production, because you know we are radio guys here, and we love the the, produ- the production side and taking a producer uh, viewpoint as we look at events. He actually the next day ended up taking a Seattle Mariner VP down oh, to the event right, just to show right. him what it was like and to show him, uh, you know, this is what's going on here in esports. Is there anything you can translate into the Major League Baseball production? Is there anything that they can learn from the Major League Baseball production? And you're seeing other sports embracing esports. And we'll get into that a little bit later with uh, Jacob Wolf of ESPN.com. He's a writer. He's going to join us here in uh, a few minutes. But uh, yeah, uh, Chappie, uh, you didn't get to go this year. But last year, what do you remember from the production of the event that stood out to you the most? And then. I'll, I'll give you a couple things for this year as well. But yeah. Chappie, we'll start with yours. Uh, last year's TI was my first. Uh, it's actually my first live eSport as well. And um, going back to it, it's hard to ignore. The The production value was the thing that I walked away from the most. Um, I actually went to TI and then headed down to a bachelor party immediately after TI. And after the weekend was over, my highlight was probably the production value of TI. I mean, someone pops an ultimate and the the floor changes for the interactive floor. yeah the yeah. interactive floor is great the uh crowd i mean it just it geolocated so they had geolocation bands so where yeah. you were sitting in a certain section in the mm-hmm. key arena certain events uh your your wristband would light up during a during a kill uh first blood types of uh, those types of things pardon me um it was really just it was from the year prior a big leap, and that's saying something because TI five was very impressive, and it very. was it had the interactive floor. Uh, you know, it didn't have the augmented reality and the character selection, but still had a massive production value. Uh, you had all the commentators. You you, you had a, a big array of analysts. Um, it was Im- impressive, nonetheless, and the way they take care of the players and the teams and the families and just the community. And you see outside the the viewing screen and. They have the merch booth that sells out of like forty dollar pins, yeah, in a matter of minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it it's vastly impressive, and this year was even an improvement compared to last year. You again had more in the the viewing and the selection of the teams, more in the Twitch viewer experience. Like like you were saying, you really get to experience a different side of it by watching yeah. it on Twitch. Yeah, I watched the whole thing on Twitch. Um, it actually, sorry to interrupt, but it actually kind of felt via Twitch like there were about, you know, maybe the same or a little bit less in the audience this year. Did you feel that way being there? Was that just a camera angle thing? I mean, you were there yourself, so. Wait, wait, say that, so. The crowd, the crowd size. I mean, it didn't feel quite as impressive through the Twitch stream, and I'm wondering if maybe that was just because I was on Twitch and the cameras weren't showing the the really crowded sections. I think, well, I just think. It was. It depends on when you watch, because I, 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 as you go it, later on into the people filter evening, in and out, right? Correct. Yeah, people filter in and out, and then on the weekend matches, the the grand finals matches yeah. obviously sell out crowd, right. full capacity there at the key arena. And I guess when I thought that it was like a weekday evening, one of the weekday evening sessions, so that's right, probably like a Tuesday afternoon session, yeah. probably on day two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a little bit more slow than because the first day opening ceremonies. I was there for opening ceremonies, and it was fully packed. Right. It was full, uh, as full as, as I've seen Kirina since a Sonics game. Maybe mm-hmm. even some concerts, like the Macklemore concert. Uh, but it was it was impressive to see the size of the crowd. 
And uh, yeah, overall, just so cool to see the tournament here. I'm so glad it's in Seattle. Oh, and it yeah. sounds like it's going to be here for a while. Be here for a while. So, uh, how were opening ceremonies? By the way, I, I didn't. I didn't catch opening ceremonies last year. What? What? What goes on during that? This was the first. They had a band, a live band, and a, a violin player, and it was pretty. Oh, they showed what's a ton her of name? Videos and uh, uh, I forget her name right now. Ellie Goulding. No, not Ellie Goulding. <laughs> I know, but it's some someone, someone, someone like that, someone uh, down there. No, but. It, uh, a very impressive performance, uh, cool videos, cool montages, got you really pumped up, really interactive again with the wristbands and just the crowd it, really enjoying it. The teams, you got to see highlights of all the, the tournaments of prior year and uh, just really thankful to be a, a part of that. And we're thankful to the people down there at the key arena who helped us uh, go, specifically Joe. So we'll say a big thank you to Joe on behalf of uh, 710 AM ESPN here in Seattle. He uh, helped us all get into TI to experience it yes, again. So yeah. big shout out to him. We love Joe. And it was Lindsey Sterling, by the way. Oh, Lindsey Sterling. There you go. And uh, why don't we uh, shift gears? And joining us now in the Joystick Club is ESPN.com writer and a personal friend of the show, Jacob Wolf. So, Jacob, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. And uh, first off, we'll uh, we'll start with TI six. Now you were here in Seattle watching the whole uh, tournament. What were your overall impressions of this year's TI six uh, in Seattle? So I thought the production value was actually pretty good. Um, it was probably my biggest praise of the entire thing because oftentimes I see esports tournaments that uh, more or less kind of push a certain narrative, and it, it feels very scripted and feels um, forced. I guess is the best word to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with TI6, it was uh, it seemed it was kind of like Red Eye and his friends, and it was very loose, and you know they were making jokes and the uh, the puppets and all that other stuff. Like it it would seemed uh, the production seemed like loose, but done very well. So the production quality was really high, and and there was no like scripting or anything to it. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, and overall, as a tournament, I I think I like you know I really enjoyed a lot of it. Um, Getting to see some of those matches, especially as someone who doesn't get to cover Dota that often because I'm so caught up in other games, it, it was really good to get to see some incredible matches in Dota. And uh, overall, you know, like Wings winning, I don't think a lot of people would have told you that was their uh, their guess. I, I would I would think that a lot of people would say OG or Team Liquid, but uh, no, it was, it was a really good and surprising tournament. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. So yeah, I agree. Um, what- Jacob, what would you say is your favorite moment from being up here for TI? Mm. You know, the DC EG game, I was up in the, the top of the stands of the key arena taking pictures on my phone, but uh, I really enjoyed the, the DC and the EG game. Like, that base race was was so fun to watch. Uh, you could tell yeah, that absolutely. you know both teams were trying really, really hard, and we've seen games like that in other MOBAs as well, and we've seen it in Dota before, but... Uh, overall, it was, it was very cool to experience that live because I think that's a I think that's a moment that people aren't going to forget. What was the uh, biggest surprise to you over the uh, TI six week? Uh, I think it was definitely OG. Um, OG fell out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they lost the MVP, and I'm trying to remember who they lost to second. I think it was TNC, um, but they lost fairly surprisingly, uh, and they were predicted to be the tournament winner coming into it because they've won the past two majors. So, Yeah, I think they went uh, they one of three yeah. or one of four. Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, it, and so a lot of people predicted OG to win, uh, and a lot of people predicted Team Liquid would be very close behind them, and both got upset. So um, that's a big deal, uh, and I definitely think that uh, I think that OG not being able to shake it means that probably something will change for them. Uh, if it doesn't, I think that they could still be okay, but uh, I, I think it was a little bit surprising to see that they they lost, especially to MVP, who is. You know, to be fair to MVP, they they do a lot with a little uh, mm. because they don't have a server in Korea and they have to play in Chinese servers in Korea with really high ping. Um, but I don't think a lot of people would have told you coming into the tournament that they predicted MVP to beat OG. So uh, seeing OG lose that and then fall out of the tournament fairly quickly and not even make top three is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you cover a lot of esports. Do you uh, do you feel like this is an, an area where? an underdog has a better chance of coming through and surprising people or, you know, someone that's really supposed to win can come out and lose early on in the game as opposed to say, you know, the world series or, or the super bowl. Uh, you know, I think, I think the way the Dota circuit, like the way that Dota, like spacing events and everything, I think the ES, uh, you can have teams that surprise the things like TI. Um, and I think it's a little bit more common than the other esports where people play each other surprisingly all the time, like uh, especially League of Legends where you have competition literally every weekend. And kind of the same thing with uh, Counter-Strike as well, although there's a big variance between online and offline matches, and online matches are the ones that occur regularly. Um, I would say in Dota, though, that it it's very different. So I think in Dota that it... Um, I think in Dota that... You know, the way they space out the majors and even, like, regular competition is not always against each other because of regions and everything. I would say that Dota does have a pretty good chance of uh, giving you some upsets and surprises. Now, we'll shift gears just a little bit and we'll ask you, what was your favorite part about being in Seattle? What was your favorite thing about visiting the Emerald City out here in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, so I really liked I liked the feeling of... Um, I guess young people in Seattle is the best way to describe it. Uh, I was living in Austin, Texas before I started working for ESPN, and uh, that, that was another feeling. You know, everything felt like it, there was a lot of progression, and it felt like everybody was trying to move up in the world in their lives. And uh, I kind of got this similar feeling from Seattle. It felt like there was a lot of young people around. It felt like the city was really trying to grow and really trying to, you know, increase uh, increase just like everything around it, startups, and it obviously has some major businesses there as well, like Microsoft and Amazon and uh, and Valve. Uh, so it's it, it was a cool feeling to feel that there was a lot of young people there. I got to you know go to some really cool restaurants, and overall, I really enjoyed the experience. So yeah, cool. Shifting gears back to the esports world, um, how was Evo? Uh, Evo was great. I would say fighting game tournaments are my favorite to attend. Uh, Counter-Strike tournaments are also great because I know a lot of the community in both uh, sections of that. But Evo was great. Uh, I got to experience it with our general editor of eSports, Darren, who is my boss, uh, as well as James Chin, um, the longstanding fighting game commentator. He did some freelance work for us. Uh, and uh, Prog, who is a former Smash commentator who also oh, yeah. does a lot of content now and produces documentaries and stuff with last stock legends oh yeah we recognize that name and, oh yeah yeah we we got to work with frog and james and then we had bill walton come out uh over the weekend and we had arash mccarthy who's one of our uh senior writers at espn who covers a little bit of everything come out and uh get to cover it as well so it was a very cool experience we got to work with some photographers and 
video people, and Bill was on Sports Center. It was it was great. So, sorry, you said Bill Walton was there. Yeah, Bill Walton. Uh, he broadcasts Sports Center um, from Evo. That's and incredible. And what's ironic and is, and yeah, what's ironic is uh, my co-host here, Chappie, is wearing a Rip City shirt right now, representing the Portland Trailblazers. So uh, you hit him right <laughs> in the heartstrings when yeah, you said Bill Walton. Yeah, you did. I stood up there. So, uh, yeah, Jake, oh, he, yeah. was, uh, he was super interested in the games, too. Like, we, we watched Mortal Kombat, me, him, and James, uh, James Chen together. Uh, and he was super, super into Mortal Kombat and was asking questions. And then uh, he was a little bit familiar with Street Fighter because he also went to E3 with Darren and Arash. So um, he had, he actually played in the E3 media tournament at uh, for Street Fighter. <laughs> so he was familiar with Street Fighter Five a bit. But, um, yeah, he was just was asking a lot of questions. Really enjoyable. And then uh, a lot of the questions he's at, he asked, he, you know, he learned, and then he went on SportsCenter and, and got to talk about it. So that was very cool. Super awesome. And it's cool to have uh, these people outside of the gaming world kind of embracing and supporting esports uh, as it grows as a, on the competitive level and, and on a national scale. Um, but what about fighting esports games uh, really attracts you to what, – what attracts you to those tournaments? Um, yeah, overall, the communities are pretty great uh, across Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and Marvel and Smash and all those games. A lot of the communities, they're still very grassroots, so they really enjoy uh, they really enjoy people to create content with them. So I get to meet a lot of a lot of people all the time uh, out of, you know, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be in person uh, that are really into the idea of people uh, doing coverage of their events. And uh, I just enjoy them as a whole. Like, I've I used to attend tournaments before I even got to cover them, and it's just it's something that's always been enjoyable to me. So um, I come from Super Smash Brothers uh, and have played the games since 2002. So um, it's something for me that's kind of just natural at this point. Yeah, totally. Um, again, we're going to move to a little different area here. Um, you get to work at ESPN headquarters in Bristol, and we're, we're curious, do you feel like the esports world is starting to get more of a buzz, more of a respect out there? I feel like it is. Um, I feel like a lot of people that matter at ESPN really enjoy it, and uh, I'm glad to, glad to see it. Uh, I was not here when launch happened so i can't really speak to a lot of the, like what happened around launch uh that would be probably be a better question for darren um but yeah i mean i get i get to see people that are always interested in these sports and always want to learn about it uh, across like not even involved in our department like of all involved all over the place at espn and they're they're very genuinely interested in esports, and i think it's great um i think we it's do too. definitely something that will uh, will evolve over time, and I'm glad to see the dedication, especially on uh, the dot-com side, which is what I focus on. So, Yeah, and uh, speaking of the dot-com side, you recently wrote an article about the Houston Rockets GM and how he said esports potential is like 1950s basketball. So explain to listeners kind of what that means and uh, what he was trying to uh, convey by saying that. Yeah, so uh, my understanding is when he was on True Hoop, um, the ESPN NBA podcast, uh, he would he basically said that he thinks esports is like 1950s basketball and the fact that it has a lot of potential for growth and that one day it will blow up kind of like the NBA has. Um, and that was what he was trying to convey. So I thought that was a really cool message. Uh, he also said that uh, if he was doing anything aside from being an NBA GM, he would like to work in esports. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool pretty amazing to hear uh and especially i feel like a lot of people in the nba world 
are interested in um, are interested in esports for sure. Like to the fact where Jeremy Lin uh, did interviews with us when we were at the international, and you know, Bill Bill loves fighting games, and it's and Shaquille uh, O'Neal buys a team. <laughs> Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal owns a team. Rick Fox owns a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of people are, are very interested in the basketball side of things. I mean, we always hear Mark Cuban uh, talk about as someone who has always wanted a team, and it's my understanding he wants a team that will win. So, uh, you know, good luck to him seeing who he invests in. Uh, I'd be very interested to see where that goes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, more and more people in the basketball world, I think they recognize the potential of esports and, and they want to invest in it. So that's great. Yeah, I think it's just awesome. And, Jacob, we'll get you out of here on a fun question. You said you came from the Smash world, the Smash community. So we'll ask you, who's your main Who's your main character on Smash? Uh, so I traditionally play Falco or Mars, uh, but I recently played against a pro player by the name of Lucky, and he told me that Fox is my best uh, after playing some friendlies. Mm. And so I've started to dedicate a little bit more to Fox. And, um, yeah, so I, I would probably say Fox and Falco. Awesome. Yeah, love it. Jacob love it. Wolf, you can find him at ESPN.com, writing fantastic articles about esports and also the voice on the esports podcast over there at ESPN. And if you want to interact with him on Twitter, again, a, gr- a great Twitter follow, at Jacob N. Wolf. And, uh, Jacob, thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll make this a regular thing, and we'll talk to you down the line. So we appreciate you taking the time to stop by. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. And again, a big thank you to Jacob Wolf for joining us at e- from ESPN.com. And, and it's uh, time for everyone's favorite segment, Chappie, as Everyone's. we said last week on our premiere episode. <laughs> we already knew. Yeah. We have a lot of a uh, longtime listeners, first time callers. Yeah. A lot of those. And first time listeners, long time callers. Long time callers. So uh, let's get into our one ups and fall downs. My one up. I'm giving it to the entire week of TI6. It was an incredible experience, again, being down there at the Key Arena, seeing it in person, feeling it in person. Yep. Uh, now I got the two badges. I'm pretty proud of those. Got the 15 and 16. He's five a two-badge man. Look two at badge the world. Man. So uh, excited for next year and uh, what they're going to improve upon because they made big leaps from five to six. What's seven going to look like next year? Uh, what are the teams going to look like? What are the strats going to be? What characters yeah, will we the have? Season team what, changes are going to be interesting to see. Right? As well. Yeah. What what players will switch teams? What what uh, teams will rise to the top of Dota two? And what teams will fall off the map as far mm-hmm. as how good they are? What's and, next year's upset going to be? Right. Yeah. No. What's next year's Pudge and Techies move going to be? <laughs> I wouldn't call that an upset. Well, speaking of, it, the crowd went crazy. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, good transition. Mine for the week is Pudge and Techies. Ah. I, the the it, you know I thought that this pocket strategy was really funny. Um, and just for our newer listeners or maybe our new esports fans out there, a pocket strategy is something where you, the team has taken two characters, maybe three, whose um, abilities play off each other really well, and done something that's different that not every player already knows about. They've come up with something completely on their own that you wouldn't expect. Right. And Some- Something in their pocket. Yeah, it's something in your back pocket. And while I feel like they <laughs> they didn't necessarily think it was going to work in this competitive scene, they tried it anyway. They were up one game. They were confident. It was really fun to see a team that was willing to take a loss to try something different and get mm. the crowd excited. And I was watching at home on Twitch, and I was very excited. So yep. it worked for me. Yep. Uh. Yeah, and... 
I just thought it was a fun experience to see that in the crowd. Uh, people went wild. Mm-hmm. It was really funny to see. And I was there with my boss that day. So I got to explain to him like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is off the crazy. wall right here. Yeah, this, this is pretty crazy. Happen. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, we can't always have the good. We got to get into the bad. So we'll, bad. Uh, we'll get to our fall downs. And for me, it's scalpers, ticket scalpers outside of TI6. I saw... You can go to any sporting That's event. That's a turn down for me every day of my life for right. everything that I go to. Right. Just trying to profit on these tickets, selling them for almost a daily price for what it would cost to go for the weekend. Uh, just just out of control. And it takes away from the event and it takes away uh, an experience that someone might get to have and uh, maybe even a new experience that someone might get to have that may cost... You know, a couple viewers or a couple esports fans there. You might Absolutely. not be able to create a couple people just because scalpers are, are forcing them out and pricing them out of the. Uh... They're ruining our conversion rate. Right, exactly. <laughs> so just, yeah, I'm going to give it to the scalpers. I know we could probably do that in every single tournament, and I'm sure it happens at every single tournament in every single sport, but. It's just uh, too much. So it's too I'm much not for you it. this week. And what about uh, what about you? What's your fall down this week? All right, week? I didn't want to do it, and I don't want everyone to think oh, that I'm copping out. But I, I gotta do it again. He I did it again. Do it again. <laughs> my turn down is Pudge and Techies. Oh, <laughs> my why? fall down. My why? fall down. Uh, I because they won. Mm, they won the tournament. They did. They ended up winning the tournament. And, and I they think pulled that a Pudge again. I think later in the grand finals. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. But um, I just. I couldn't shake the feeling that it was one of those things where they were just so cocky that they were laughing at everyone else. And I am very much someone that's into the sanctity of competition mm-hmm. and where you don't go in and make I, I don't know that they making a joke of it is probably a too strong of a word because they yeah. ended up winning the whole thing. Right. But uh, you got to take it serious. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta take it serious. And I think that it made um, DC kind of... I don't know. It, the feeling that DC must have had when that was going on, what they must have just been rolling their eyes and like, okay, come on. Let, I, we'd rather lose two games in a row than have to waste this entire win, you know, waste all this time because you guys want to horse around sort of a thing. But, that you know, that being said, uh, I still think that they deserved the grand finals. Obviously, they won the whole thing. They're the best team in the world. Don't let me, don't let me make you think that I'm taking that away from them. Just had to say that. And also give a turn down to uh, people who don't support their support. Support your support. Support your support. Support your support. That may be, end up being a, a theme and a motto of this podcast. Right. But uh, you saw it was in the secret versus LGD game. Uh, Pylai Die had to sacrifice himself for the rest of the team. And it, it, it sparked this run that got them back into the game. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just make sure you're supporting your support so you, they don't have to sacrifice themselves so you can stay alive. Uh, keep keep your support keeping you alive, and you can able help make, me help, help you. you help me help, help you. And uh, yeah, so that's gonna do it for episode two here on the Joystick Club. Big thank you to my co-host, Mister Chappie, for joining us here. Not Mister Chappie, it's just Chappie. It's just Chappie. I don't like that formality. And big thank you to you, Taylor. It's a pleasure to be here. I, thank I, you. I can't believe I get to come to ESPN and, and talk about video games every week. This I know. Is, this is dream come true. Seems. Cliche, but sometimes cliche is the best way to say it. It's my pleasure. And you can reach us again. You can reach me at Taylor710ESPN on Twitter, or you can reach the show at The Joystick Club on Twitter. And then again, we're on Facebook. And uh, 
sure to be podcasting everywhere soon. Just going through some final steps here. You should be able to find us everywhere. A lot of red tape just to get your podcast out there. I'll a lot, tell you yeah. What. I but, didn't see that. But don't coming. worry, we're willing to cut through that tape just for you, absolutely listeners. Melting it uh, down with a blowtorch. And again, a big thank you to Jacob Wolf of ESPN.com. Make sure you're going there, reading his articles about esports and the uh, the entire world that is. And uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter as well, at Jacob N. Wolf, and following his podcast as he's got some good interviews all over uh, yeah, yeah. weekly and, as and well. And if we get him enough new followers in this week's spike after the episode, we might get him back again. So. Yeah, let's try and get him back. Let's try I, and get him back. I, I think that's the goal is to get uh, Jacob back and in, in talking about esports here. Uh, fantastic interview. Fantastic talking to you all. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, GG. GG. GG.